0: hear that podcast growling mean and angry hear those shout shouting
1: All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast, Growlin, Paul Ener, Jr. and Jay Morrison here with you on the walkout. As the Bengals notch the first win of the year 27 to 12 over the Jets. And Jay, can, if you listen, if you listen real closely, you know what you can hear? That is a collective <laughs> exhale. Uh, from the city of Cincinnati uh, that this did not go to 0-3, that everyone can put the torches down for a few seconds uh, as the Bengals get back into the win column and just release the tension, baby. You know, just letting it go a little bit and as they finally win one that is easy, uh, that is not a three-point game, does not come down to the final kick, and does not get their quarterback beat at tall hell. So good for them a lot of people happy in that Bengals locker room.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, it was there, it was that sigh of relief. And then it was, it, it, there was a release too, because the, the music was loud. They, it was, it, it was a very lively locker room. And you can tell, I mean, a lot of those guys, I noticed they, when there was a, I think it might've been the two minute warning and they, they on the jumbotrons here at MetLife, they actually put red zone up and, a lot of the guys on the field and the sideline were staring because the game was in hand at that point. They were staring. They watched the end of that Dolphins-Bills game. Uh, they they know what's next, that they have a very hot 3-0 and team coming. And um, so there was a bit of a relief, but also kind of that that business mindset. I, yeah, I can't remember who it was. So, I talked to so many different people. But it was L.C. Collins said, uh, we'll enjoy this for 24 hours. And then, no, no, we won't. This one, we'll enjoy this for about 12 hours. Because they've got that quick turnaround to get the Dolphins coming up. Um, but yes, they they needed this win badly. And the manner in which they did it, I think, was very important, too. They, they, they started fast. They closed strong. The running game looked as good as it's looked all year when everybody in the stadium knew they were going to run the ball. Um, it was Samaj P. Ryan, not Joe Mixon, but a lot to like about what you saw today.
1: Yeah, let's start with what was to like, and then we'll get into some of the concerns and talk a little bit about mm-hmm. the Dolphins uh, You know, in a second here. Um, here's the thing, right? Figure out your problem through two weeks. Find solutions to address it. Execute those in a big spot here on Sunday. And the problem was they're falling behind. They're down by 14 each of the first two weeks. They're not able to get... Ahead, play from ahead, feeling that they're constantly having to drop back and be under pressure from the defense. So how do you fix it? Coin toss talk, Jay. They did yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. They did it. They, they, they flipped the coin. They won it and chose to keep the ball and had an aggressive play call – bless aggressive drive called I should say mm-hmm. on on that first trip out. I mean there was a trick play. They were throwing the ball down the field. They were explosive. They weren't even messing with that whole silly run game thing. They 11 passes I believe to to the one run and and you just have a a very very aggressive put the ball in Burrow's hands, opening drive and it ends up in a touchdown. I thought the urgency, the aggression and uh, then take the, the decision to, to take the ball. I thought yes. all were sort of showing a very emphatic message of we will not fall behind this week, is what they were trying to say.
2: Yeah. And they, they, uh, several guys said that it was announced to the team that was going to be the plan last night at the team meeting, uh, that they, they, if they won the toss, they were going to take the ball. And it, a lot of, A lot of stuff gets lost, and you think, okay, they got the ball, they drove right down, they scored. That was not an easy drive. You mentioned it. It was aggressive. They tried the trick play, the deep shot to Jamar Chase. But they converted a third and eight, a third and nine, and a third and goal at the 12 after already having two touchdowns overturned. Um, Well, negated it, slashed, overturned. I mean, that was – the, there was a lot on the line there because if you do that, you you step out of character, you 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 go away from your norm, and you take the ball first, and you don't score. You're behind a possession already. The Jets have that chance for it to double up. That was a really, really big conversion. And Oh, by the way, raise your hand if you had Samaj P. Ryan tabbed as the spark <laughs> and the closer in this game because he scored that first touchdown um, – Seemed a little indignant when I wanted to talk to him. He's like, why do you want to talk to me? I was like, you scored a touchdown on the opening drive. I mean, that's what you guys have been lacking this entire time. Do you know how many touchdown receptions you have in your entire career? He's like, I don't. I was like, that was only your third. He's like, Oh, that's pretty cool. So it, it was, it was a, a big deal to, to do that, to, to go down the field. I think Burrow was eight of nine on that drive. They, they overcome a a third and four false start that made it that third and nine. Um, yeah, a big deal to be able to to step out of their comfort zone. And you'll like this, Paul. Uh, Ted Karras was breaking down the coin toss. He, he, he said he's never called a coin toss before and he's a tails never fails kind of guy. But he said he, part of him was thinking Matthew Slater is the great special teamer for the Patriots that he's been team with teammates with in the past. Said he always went heads. And then Ted had some fuzzy math. He's trying to tell me if you call the same thing every time, you win more often than not. And I'm like, no, I don't think it works that way. I think it's a 50 50 prop no matter what you call.
1: All right, so the good news is Ted employed not to do, like, you know, Vegas roulette wheel props, yes. but rather just to go out there and block for Joe Burrow. Uh, but you know what? I, I First of all, talking my, my, my language here with this coin talk, <laughs> but, I, but you know, there it wasn't just, okay, you know, the way they called the first drive or the fact that they took the ball. There was a clear – you know, they were all week. It's not a wake up call. Like we we didn't need a wake up call. We're we're fine, relax, right? But they did. They needed to play like a team that gave a damn out there from the opening snap. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about execution all you want. That was a team that was adamant about showing up to play. And that shouldn't be the case. It was the first two weeks for whatever number of reasons, and there's a bunch of them, but at least, you know, maybe it took two weeks for this team to wake up. Maybe that is the length of the Super Bowl hangover, whatever it was, showing up with urgency, playing like you care, and it matters from the jump and being dedicated to getting that quick lead and kind of stomp on a team out was notable and and I d- just think that it it shouldn't have taken the these first two weeks did it, but if it did, so be it, and you feel a little bit more back on the right track because they were able to play their game the rest of the way.
2: yeah, and it, again, it was I mean, Joe Flacco was not good. they they caught a, a break in the schedule. this was a road game. those are always tough, but um the, they 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 needed this win so bad and this would have been really tough if this was. You know, uh, another team where they were they were going to have to go on the road and and get the as much as you hate to say at the must win. Um, but yeah, it, it, the the manner in which they did it, the urgency. I, I think everyone, as you said when you opened this, is breathing a sigh of relief right now or a, a big huge exhale because it's just it, it, it. And it was Burrow too because he was pretty sharp. And, and you you think they're seeing these new looks so much of the the time he missed in. In camp with the appendectomy, wasn't about chemistry with receivers. He knows these guys, but it's about seeing different looks and and knowing what to do. And there was they they were just behind, and nobody played in the preseason. It almost feels like this was the start of the season. They got their preseason out of the way, and now they got the win, and they can just move forward.
1: And the Jets pass rush is not the Cowboys or the no. Steelers, you know, and I mean, there was the the amount of time he was able to have back there to, you know, create those off script plays. We saw it on the first touchdown on a number of big plays in this game. I thought Burrow's pocket presence really showed not just in, OK, the pockets. Sort of breaking it down, breaking down, but the line holds it for long enough. Whereas before, he would go to scoot out, and then here comes the second wave, and he mm-hmm. would get swallowed. Here, there was no second wave. The Bengals offensive line did a good job of, you know, maybe a breakdown happened, but then a lane opened and it didn't close. He was able to get out and scoot out and make a play here or there, and and not have any turnovers come out of it. Luckily for him, a couple that could have been, yes. but you know. He, you saw that, and that's the difference, right? Because then you allow him to get and create the, you know, the game, the plays where he's rolling out. He's seen things. He's been so effective at creating those plays to find explosives, and it created the touchdown. But, you know, that to me was the difference because he still took hits. Yeah, and and he stood in there, you know, on two of the, the two touchdown passes, the last two touchdown passes, he stood in there and and took one under the chin, basically, uh, or in the back, in the case of Carl Lawson, the second one, and that is, but that's part of Burrow's game. He's not afraid to do that. That's him getting the ball out a little bit faster, and that's him having a little lane to exploit it when he can. So good decision making today on his part on when to get out, when to get rid of it, and try to avoid taking as many sacks.
2: Yeah, and then the Jets tried. They were not getting home, and so they tried to bring pressure. And it wasn't a zero blitz. They had one safety back, but that's when he stood under and he hit Tyler Boyd, fifty-six yard touchdown. You know, if he's if he's getting beat up like he was in those first two games, is that throw a little off? Is this is the clock sped up? Um, that that was that was a huge play in this game, and um, I, I do. I, I think this was a turning point. It's not like the Jets are a great defense, but just the manner in which Joe played, uh, the comfort level. The He still has these Houdini moves where it does look like the pockets collapsing on him. Um, just a, a lot to be encouraged by moving forward with the way he and the whole offense played.
1: Yeah, he ends up 23-36 for 275 in three touchdowns, but the vast majority of that Came in the first three drives, Jay. I mean, that was, Mm -hmm. you know, where he did his damage and was able to throw the ball down the field in a big game for T. Higgins who had some incredible plays and takes another shot to the head where you're thinking, is he about to get concussed for the second time in three weeks? That was a vicious shot from LaMarcus Joyner. I don't – I'm not, you know, dirty, whatever. I don't know, but it was vicious, uh, and you certainly just hate to see that for a guy like T. who, God, has just been through the ringer lately.
2: Yeah, uh, Jerome Boger, the referee, kind of held up play after that. I almost wonder if New York was looking at that to see if it was a possible ejection because it was. It was a. I would almost guarantee a fine's coming, and I, I don't know they would go as far as a suspension, but that was a wicked hit, and it, it was. You know, T went in, the the red hat went in to evaluate him for the concussion. As soon as he came out with the, I was, I thought he was going to be done for the game again, and he he walks out of the tent with his helmet in his hand. It's like, wow, that that, that was surprising that that he, he took that shot, he held onto the ball, and he was healthy enough to return to the game.
1: He was. A burrow, uh, with... Just 163 yards of his 275, just on those first three drives. <laughs> so you know, and then they kind of settled in. They played with the lead. You know, Burrow said after the game, he's like, he, he laughed at it. He's like, yeah, it's you know, it's ideal, isn't it? Right? We, then you can actually play the game. You can you can run your boots. You can run your nakeds, and and you can do all of those types of offensive elements with not feeling like you have to drop back over and over and over again. And and that's going to be a big deal for them the rest of the year, without question. You know put that slow start play from behind thing behind you and and feel like you can play a little bit more um, of the regular offense. All right, let's take a second and switch
0: gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24 seven US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: let's talk a little bit about the defense because it, you know it's about time we've been saying it you know internally since in camp the reason for real optimism about what the season could be sure there was a lot of everybody's going to talk about burrow and the receivers and what the offense can be was that there was a feeling that this defense has picked up where it left off mm. and through three games you can absolutely say that's the case. Now, there's an asterisk. There's a Trubisky-Rush-Flacco asterisk on that. Yeah, they haven't played a starting quarterback yet. They will Thursday. We'll learn even more uh, on Thursday Night Football. Amazon just making out. We Bezos needed more good things to go yeah. his way, right? <laughs> uh, it, so you, you get the undefeated Dolphins at the Bengals. But, you know... You just have a defense now has gone 20 consecutive drives without allowing a touchdown. We're on seven quarters. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even though the Jets had some movement at times, the Bengals always shut it down. And then this week, what happened? The breakthrough on the turnovers finally came. They'd been so close. They'd been so close. Now you drop a four-burger on them, four big turnovers. The strip sack at the top of the third quarter, Biggest play of the game in my mind. We can talk whatever we want to about fast starts, this, that, the other. Here come the Jets come out at the beginning of the third, only down 11, trying to get back and make it a game. And you're able to get the strip sack, get the recovery, churn that into a touchdown to Jamar Chase. Good night, Irene. Yeah. And,
2: and Zach talked about. How he's got to be better. He, I asked him about the the decision to not just run out the clock at the end of the first half, and that that was there. That chance was there for the Jets to kind of negate that the Bengals' fast start because they got the field goal off of the the poor three and out by the Bengals, and then they they get the ball to start the third quarter, and they could go down and score there and really kind of change the momentum of that game. And uh yeah, Hendrickson with his, I mean, three forced fumbles, three sacks. It was, and it really, even with the four turnovers, it it felt like they could have had three or four more. I mean, they had their hands on so many balls, Um, but you're right. That was really where it kind of turned around. It was almost kind of a, you know, they they talk about the defense picking up the offense, the offense picking up the defense. That was the defense picking up Zach because he was, you know, he said that was not a good uh, play calling exhibition there. I think they had 40 some seconds left and they were throwing 12. And instead of just taking a couple knees and running the clock out, uh, they, they, they didn't they weren't aggressive, but it was two short throws, a check down, a screen pass, both incomplete. Clock stops, then he gets Joe Burrow gets sacked on third down, and you're thinking, uh oh, this this could be where this game turns. And uh Trey Hendrickson just turned it right back around there third play of the third quarter.
1: Got their left tackle benched at one point. George Fant sat down and they, and they
2: didn't I saw that tweet. Uh they did announce that Fant had an injury. Oh, so I don't I don't know if he got benched and and that was the injury was part of it or if if he went to the bench solely because of the injury. But they did announce him with a a left knee injury.
1: Long day for George. Uh, And
2: and the other thing is, you know,
1: Hendrickson, what was, you know, really one of the things about him last year wasn't just the volume. It was the timeliness and that one at the top of the third that creates the turnover. Um, And then the one, you know, it's. It's mostly over towards the end of the game, but the Jets are driving down. They had the miracle they pulled off last week. Yep. You get to fourth and six, and they're down looking for a touchdown to try to cut it. And there he comes on fourth and six, and he comes around the edge and gets a sack, and he appeared to be playing through a shoulder or something uh, that that he was dinged with at one point. Just um, everything you need out of Trey Hendrickson uh, in this one to kind of – Really jumpstart everything defensively, but overall, I mean, their coverage was good down the field. I mean, they kept trying to take deep shots, and Chidobe Awuzie was right there every time. They they had Mew probably could have had double the amount of turnovers they had. I mean, they Mm -hmm. had balls that everyone had their hands on. Logan Wilson had a pick. Arguably could have had another one. Hilton got his hands on one. Eli Apple could have had a pick six. Um, you know, Cheeto jumped one that yep. he that he wasn't able to get. You had a bunch of those. Um, so it's not and they had the strip sack by Hendrickson the first one that they very easily could have hopped on. I mean, there were a bunch of could have been turnovers and only 12 points allowed from this defense. But uh so we'll, you know, I, I think everyone Is really interested to see what it looks like against Tua and Waddle and Tyreek on Thursday night. And then, you know, the smoking hot uh, Ravens on deck after that with Lamar Jackson Uh, easing into the season with the backup quarterback run comes to an end uh, after this week. But, you know, the Bengals do appear ready for the task.
2: Yeah, it'd be worth monitoring too, because what forced, I guess, what forced two out of the game. Everyone thought it was a headshot, but it was a back issue. And yeah, maybe with the adrenaline that allowed him to get back in. But quick turnaround road game. It'll be interesting to see how healthy he will be with that back uh, coming to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, big win for the Dolphins over Huge. the Bills. And someone um,
2: predicted that on this show. Who who could have done that?
1: <laughs> Can't imagine. Uh, but you know, uh, so that that's going to be. They'll be on an emotional high hitting the road. So Mm. lots to talk about this week as we get to do that. Um, Also, make sure we mention before it gets too late in the podcast, uh, we have a a really special show that we're going to be bringing to you on Wednesday. We have scheduled to have if you liked our two on two series that we did. Uh, in, in the off season, uh, we're doing it again, but this time uh, we're doing it with Andrew Whitworth and Willie Anderson, obviously wit in town all week uh, for the Thursday night Amazon game. Big Willie getting honored going into the ring of honor on Thursday night. We're going to have the two of them together. Their careers overlapped, and I always felt so much connection between the two of them yeah. throughout, and you won't find too much. Two people be better to have a more intelligent conversation on offensive line play and on the state of the Bengals uh, and what it means to be a Bengal uh, at this point. Hall of Fame, offensive linemen trying to get in the Hall of Fame, both of these. Guys. There's just uh, so many topics that are going to be great to hear these two bounce off of each other with. So looking forward to having Wit
2: and Big Willie together for our 2 and 2 series. We'll have that for you this week. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a blast. And I, I do I'm, – I'm interested to see I, – I, I'm sure – Wit has to have some good stories about Willie Anderson and, and vice versa. What they play 2 years together here? Yeah, I mean kind of yeah. a
1: passing of the torch a little bit right. on the other side yeah. but of an elite offensive lineman, yeah. Um so we got that looking forward to that but first of all let's um let's now kind of shift to some concerns. Um you know, when we talk to them this week we're going to talk about run blocking. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about getting a run game going and Joe Mixon doesn't ha- doesn't have the run game going for him this year. You know, 12 of t- for 24 on Sunday, and it looked ugly. It wasn't, I mean, they had one, he had one nine yard run. You know, we, we monitored and talked about the light box stuff this week, as we did this point last year. And it's the same conversation um, where it's just, they're just losing so many critical situations to not being able to run when the defense is daring you to, leaving five or six defenders in the box. Mixing on Sunday. Five rushes against the light box, ten yards, two negative plays. Okay. And one of those, by the way, he had 10 yards. One of them was a nine yard run. <laughs> so I mean, you're there's just nothing there and going the wrong direction. And you know, this is a problem. I mean, you're three weeks in. How is this happening? I, before it was, oh, you were playing from behind, and there's all these excuses being made. This is not a like killer jets run defense. Neither was the Steelers, who got run all over, by the way, uh, by the Browns, and and you're just unable to get it going until the end. And we saw Samaje Perine come in, had nine rushes for 47 yards. They finish out the game with a long drive. That was a bit of a breath of fresh air. I don't know that I'm making anything of that, Jay. But I'll just say this phrase, duly noted. Yeah. That's all. Just place that one in the back back of the brain for future reference, uh, the success that P. Ryan was able to have at the end. I don't think it's going to affect anything in the near near future, but that's of, that's of note in the long run.
2: You know, I almost wonder, Joe is so good at the cutbacks, if he's always looking for that, that where he can do a cutback where Samaje just takes it and goes, hits the hole and – Busts through there and gets what he can get. I, I do. I that was notable. That, the the best success they had running the ball all year came at the end of the game when everybody knew they were going to run the ball. They knew that's exactly what they were going to do. And and Zach said, you know, that's you don't make too much of that because you they they had worn them down at that point. And it, it, the the Jets defense, even though they knew they were going to the, the Bengals were going to run, they weren't at their best at that point. But it it is. It's it's very much noted how. Much better that run game looked with Samaje in there than with Joe in there, and you know you wonder if Joe doesn't get the ankle tweak, is he on the field for that drive? Does he take advantage of that that end of the I don't want to call it garbage time, but the, the clock killing time? Um, we'll never know. It's, I mean, it's it's speculation at this point, but you're right that it, it should be noted how well they ran it with Samaje. I'm not saying. You have a running back controversy, and Samaje said start, but it's they've got to figure out what's going on with Joe Mixon because th- there's just no reason a back like that should have the kind of numbers he has right now.
1: Might be worth a series drop in, you know, where mm-hmm. okay, maybe like in the third or fourth series um, against Miami, you give P. Ryan a, you give P. Ryan a drive just to see. See what it looks like, you know, see if he's able to to find a little something for you and, and, and just go from there just to kind of test it. Um, it just because of how effectively well, you're right. I mean, he just looked more aggressive. He looked quicker to the hole and he's such a big dude. Um, He was tough to bring down and maybe it was just wearing him down, but it might be worth it might be worth a series. And I'll be interested to see if he gets a little bit extra run, even if it's something small like that.
2: Um, next on Thursday uh, against the Dolphins, and we know how much these guys like going against their former teams. So, little little extra juice for Samaje if he can get sure. in there.
1: Sure. Um, the other big thing is going to be DJ Reader. So we'll update some injury stuff here. Uh, DJ Reader goes off with the knee injury that he suffered in this game, and you know he's been playing lights out yeah. through three games and really under the radar as the best player on this defense. Um. And so that's an injury they can't really sustain. I mean, it's he's such a big presence for them, and other things that they can do. Jay, after the game though, DJ was in there, so you were able to chat with him a little bit.
2: Yeah, he was he was very upbeat. He was he was relieved that it it was not worse. I thought the worst because you know a lot of times you see a guy get hurt and he's ruled out for the game and then he's back out there in street clothes cheering on his teammates and and helping coach him up on the bench and we I kept looking I never saw DJ on the sideline that entire second half and I asked him about that and he said they just didn't want him they wanted him off of it they want him to just put the knee up put the leg up take it easy um, he, he said they had Somebody come in. They had a bunch of TVs in the in the locker room, but they were all turned off. And they had someone come in and turn those on. And he sat there and he watched the second half in the locker room. Brian had himself a nice little meal. Um, But he was he was he was in very good spirits. It doesn't mean he's going to be good to go for Thursday. That's a quick turnaround. He was ruled out pretty quickly after the knee injury. But it's not worst case scenario, which is I think everyone feared when when you saw that play. Anytime you see a body roll into a planted leg um, and the guy go down, you're 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 thinking ACL, and it, it appears that they've avoided the worst-case scenario there.
1: Yeah, that's really it. I mean, you if you if you miss a game or two or three or whatever, okay. But you know, you, you start getting into extended time or an ACL or something, then you worry about the impact over the long haul of the season. Josh tupo is a serviceable backup. He's not DJ Reader, but he can come in, and you don't feel like you're exposed totally mm-hmm. um, at all with him. And, um, and so you you see what happens there. And I and you got a, you got Jay Tufele will come in as your backup guy who you picked up off waivers. Uh, so that's that's kind of where that will go next. We'll see. We'll learn more about that um tomorrow and a Tuesday about reader Joe Burrow came down at one point and instantly reached for his left hamstring knee area and kind of just grabbed after taking a, a low hit it was very you know Carson Palmer-esque like the way the hit came right in on his knee and he kind of was falling forward and then ended up going back seemed to be okay or played through it didn't have much of an issue Jay did that come up at all after the game
2: yeah, I so I, I did not make it into Joe Burrow's press conference. It, it, I mentioned before how loud it was in there, and I missed the announcement that he was going in. Normally, he's he's much later after Zach, and they had yelled that he was going in. Um, that did not come up, but I watched the the play after that. He I was watching to see how comfortable he looked dropping back, and he didn't look that bad. And they 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 didn't convert that third down, and he he jogged off the field. So. It, it it whatever it was, it was something that that hurt in the moment. But it, it it seemed like he was able to shake it off pretty easily. Again, you 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 think the worst you, with his history and the way that hit looked. It was like oh, uh, but it, it does appear not to be anything serious. And he was I saw him walking around the locker room before he went into the his press conference and and he looked fine.
1: Um, also, LC. Uh, who we didn't think he was going to be able to play this week because he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday and was only out there for a little bit on Friday, came out, started, played through it. You talked to him after the game. How was he feeling?
2: Yeah, he felt great. Um, he Because he, I, I, I said, you know, you know nobody feels good after a football game, and he said he really did, that his back felt great and uh, shouldn't have any issue with the short turnaround, never any doubt that he was going to play in this game. He said in his mind, um, even though he was listed as questionable, uh, he, he did a very short – Uh, pregame workout with the trainers watching and uh then then we're breaking down the the dapping up of the coaches it it, it was like is that a oh crap he's hanging his head and he's dapping up like i'm not gonna be able to go and it it looked uh encouraging and i i I thought he played pretty well um i have to go the old coach line you got to go back and watch the tape but um it for for how not practicing all week. I don't know how many other teams in the league would have their starting tackle not practice all week and then still throw them out there in a game like this.
1: No, he didn't didn't have much problem with it at all. So um big uh you know solid day for him from what we could tell um and the offensive line in general you know i thought particularly in the early portions of the game really mm-hmm. held up to give burrow a lot of time to take some of those deeper shots so yeah. um a decent day uh, a decent day for them uh, as a whole uh other inj- t higgins took the shot to the head uh, mm-hmm. but i guess the thought is that he's gonna be okay obviously didn't they didn't rule him to have a concussion
2: yeah, that again that was a that was a hell of a shot he, I mean he's a tough guy he, he he takes a lot of those kind of hits um almost that the catch that was overruled I I thought he got both his toes down and the before the heel hit out of bounds I don't know what the exact wording of the rule is there but um, yeah he he seemed good to go in the locker room Joe Mixon said the ankle injury that forced him out and brought Samaje in he said his his ankles fine so and a lot of times these guys do say that they're, they're not going to be like oh yeah it's really bothering me but um it, it they got out there was a chance where they could have had lost some really key pieces in this game and it it it, it seems as though they got out pretty unscathed. Uh, we'll wait and see on reader how much time he does have to miss if any, but everybody else seemed to come through it pretty good.
1: Yeah. If, if I could count the amount of times that someone told me they were fine on Sunday and announced and to be having surgery IR. on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. you know, I'll, 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 go ahead and take the doc's word for it. Uh, <laughs> but I appreciate their, their optimistic thoughts. Um, but we, we shall see on that T T did have a big fat lip. I did see that, uh, <laughs> uh from the hit that he did take,
2: he had a surgeon's glove that I guess they had filled with water and frozen, and he was holding that on his. <laughs> <lip after.
1: laughs> um, all right, uh, Miami uh, comes up here on Thursday. They are hot. They are three and zero. Tua and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek have that thing cooking. They just beat the Bills uh, at home. You know it's tough for these teams to go on short weeks coming up here, uh, c- going on the road on Thursdays. Um, that has traditionally been a, a tough task, especially one that's going to be feeling, you know, like they're kind of got this big emotional win, and the Bengals are going to be feeling like they've got something to prove, maybe they, to try to get themselves back on the right track. One win is not going to get them back on the right track totally. So, setting up to be a fascinating, high intensity, uh, you know, Thursday matchup with. Everything that's going on. You've got the white, they're going to be in white tiger. You got the white helmets that they pulled out on Friday's practice. You're going to have the whites out. You're going to have uh, Willie Anderson, uh, Isaac Curtis going into the Ring of Honor at halftime. First time in prime of many games in prime time uh, coming up, trying to get back to two and two. A lot on, lot on the line, uh, premium NFL matchup on Amazon.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, and I wonder, I have not looked ahead to the weather, but that, that one of the reasons I picked the Dolphins to upset the Bills is it's hard for teams to go down there and play in that heat. Uh, now they come, not only do they have to travel on a short week, but if if you can get a little cool and crisp Thursday Oh, night. stop, don't
1: play the cold card. <laughs> hey, play
2: those the cold Florida – They'll have the heated bench out there. Those Florida, those Florida guys <laughs> playing in 60, 50 degree weather. It's
1: it's not even going to be October yet, you know. Let's uh, let's, it's let's all call relative. It all right. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to we'll, we'll have again. We're going to have uh, our two on two with Andrew Whitworth and Willie Anderson, and plenty of preview of the big Thursday game. But quick week, quick, quick turnaround. I'm going to walk out on Thursday night. So we said this is going to be kind of a defining five day stretch here for these mm-hmm. early season Bengals, and they passed the first part of it and. And you feel so much better, and you can kind of forget those first two weeks if you can come out a Thursday with a win and get right back to two and two, and be with with a big win and feel right back in the mix of it. And then, boom, you head into the AFC North play, uh, which is really where this season is going to be to decide with the first of two showdowns against the Ravens. So uh, we're off, man. It's uh, it's happening. The Bengals have not been eliminated. Everyone is breathing and having a few comfortable bourbons tonight uh, around this greater Cincinnati area, so uh, it's good good to see things sound. It's a little bit different, a little bit different, and apparently the speakers still work in the post-game locker room, so that's good to know. For sure.
2: <laughs> yes. I don't know who brought it, but it was big and it was loud.
1: <laughs> Safe travels back to uh, Cincinnati from New York, and uh, yep. we will talk to everybody this week. Have a good one, everybody.